0: Thank you for listening to Southside Baptist Church's podcast. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us online at southsidesbc.org. Again, that's southsidesbc.org. Additionally, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus and why we serve him, please email us at info at southsidesbc.org. Thank you for listening. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, um, I wish I could get my fingers to work like that. They don't. I know what Winnie's saying, yours don't always either, right? <laughs> but somehow you got them to work together then, and that's awesome. We thank you, Winnie, for that. Amen. should have received an outline in your bulletin this morning, and if you did not, if you'll raise your hand, uh, our ushers will get you one of those momentarily. Boys and girls, four years old through kindergarten, may go to children's church this morning. We are continuing in our series on the book of Hebrews and uh, we've been making our way through and so we are coming to the last few chapters uh, of the book of Hebrews and so we've been in a very um, doctrinally heavy part, okay? The first part of Hebrews is very doctrinal and very kind of doctrinally heavy and so we're going to move today and uh, in the weeks to come uh, into more practical end of the book of Hebrews and what the... A writer of Hebrews has to say to us. Um, as I begin this morning, um, you know, I have a great, a tremendous amount of respect um, for those who have served in our military. Um, I know many of you here this morning uh, have served. I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning, although I do just want to say thank you um, for serving our country um, I just have a tremendous amount of respect. Many of you know my father um, served in the army, um, and um, I just have a great amount of respect for those who have served who have sacrificed so much. Um, Many, their health, uh, many, uh, time with their families. um, Just so many sacrifices that have been given. And friends, uh, because of those sacrifices, uh, we have some great privileges and blessings in our country today. Amen. Um, we are able to, um, to worship freely this morning. Praise God for that. Amen. Um, we are able to move around our country freely. Okay. Uh, some countries can't do that. Um, we, we are able to have freedom of speech and, 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 and we are really free for the most part, even though I know there's a threat out there of, of terrorist attacks. You know, I'm not, I'm surprised there's not more. Um, but because of those in our military and National Guard and all of those uh, folks who put their lives on the line, we have many blessings in our lives today, amen? Well, friends, in a very like manner, when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, um, there are many blessings that come along with that, amen? Um, Because of what he did on the cross, uh, there are many things that we have and that we get to get the privilege of, uh, and, and maybe things that we can have, but sometimes we don't take full advantage of. Amen? And so this morning, I want to talk to you about some of those benefits, some of those blessings of, of, of what Christ has done for us. And so if you are a believer and you are here this morning, um, uh, listen, let's praise God together. Amen? Um, these are blessings that we're going to see in our text today, uh, things that are the results of the cause of what Christ did on the cross. And um, Friends, if you're here this morning and maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, these are some things that can be available to you by putting your faith and trust in him. So let's take, take a look at that this morning. If you look at your outline, uh, number one is this, friends. Simply because of the cross, because of the cross, friends, we can have confidence in our relationship with God, um, many people don't. Many people, uh, many people say, I, "I I feel like God God's up there just wanting to zap me, like 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 he's just wanting to blow put the hammer down on me, friends." Even even many Christians don't have confidence in who they are in Christ. Um, many people struggle with this, and I would tend to guess that. In our congregation in this room today, that many of you here have struggled with that very thing um, am I saved? am I not um, did I, did I say the right things did i did I, or did I not did i did I do the right thing did i not um, and and if I am saved here 's the big question and if I am saved, why do I keep doing stupid stuff Can, we, can anybody relate to that okay and so the reality is That the devil takes those insecurities in our mind, in our heart, and um, he uses those to keep us from serving the Lord as we ought. Now, some of you may be here this morning and say, Pastor, uh, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't get this. Um, You have confidence in your relationship with the Lord. Um, Who do you think you are, Pastor? I get that, okay? Okay. And so I want you to hear me out this morning. Um, I had a, had a friend um, who used to say to me um, after he got saved, he said, Pastor, I just don't understand. And he said that's very same thing. He said, Pastor, I just don't understand how you can be so confident and so sure. He said to me as, as a new Christian, and he said, I used to be an unbeliever. He said, that sounds so cocky. And I can understand that you're here this morning and maybe you don't know don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior or you're maybe a newer Christian that can sound cocky how can you have confidence in your relationship with God and as we're going to look in our text this morning friends and so here's what I have to say to you and I'm going to repeat this multiple times this morning is listen it's not cocky at all my confidence is not in myself the reason I can have confidence in God is because my confidence is in what Jesus has done for me that's where my confidence Confidence lies, and so because of what Christ did on the cross, friends, that is why we can have confidence. That is how we can have assurance. that is how we can be sure and confident and know know that we know that we know that we know that we know where we're going to spend eternity. Amen. Look at our text this morning in Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to begin in verse 19. If you'll remember as we've been going through the book of Hebrews. Um, we've been talking about uh, the old covenant in relation to the new covenant. The old covenant wasn't bad. Um, God gave the old covenant, but it wasn't uh, the end all be all. The old covenant was to point to the new covenant. The old sacrifices, as we talked about last last week, were to foreshadow and point to what? The new sacrifice, that of Jesus Christ. His is the ultimate sacrifice. His is the complete sacrifice. And so with that background, if you missed last week or the last few weeks here, here we come into verse 19. Because of that, because of that sacrifice that Christ has done for us, therefore, verse 19 says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest. It's the confidence that I was just talking about. Um, what the writer of Hebrews is saying here is, therefore, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we can have boldness, we can have confidence. Maybe some of your translations translate there to enter into the holiness, holiest. Um, I didn't bring, I didn't put in the slides a picture of the tabernacle that that, that we looked at several weeks ago. But if you remember that, um, the tabernacle was the Jewish place of worship out in the wilderness. It was there. Their temporary place of worship, if you will, because um, it was their portable I guess it's a better way to say that um, they, could, they could fold it up and take it to the next place they went. Wherever God had them, and then they set it up again. Um, at the center kind of in the, the inner part of the tabernacle was um, the tabernacle complex was the tabernacle itself in which uh, the holy place was, and then um, there was a, a, a an, an area behind that. I don't know if you remember this but from several weeks ago, but it was a perfect cube, 15 foot by 15 foot by 15 foot, um, and it was a place that they called the holy place, uh, the holy of holies, the holiest place. Here, this is what it's referring to is that, um, therefore, we have confidence to enter into that holiest place. Now, that's kind of odd, because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that Nobody can enter into that, right? Only one person, one time a year, upon the prescription that God has given. The high priest could enter into the holy, the holy of Holies, the holiest, one time a year, only day of atonement. Only after he had made sacrifice for himself and then for the people and took the blood in and sprinkled it on the mercy seat as a sign of, of sacrifice for the atone, of atonement for their sins. But nobody else could enter into and, and him only once a year. So, how then is it saying now that we ha- can have confidence, boldness to enter into the holiness? Well, look at the last part there. It is by the blood of Jesus. Friends, he is, see how everything's just tying together here. He is the ultimate sacrifice, he is the complete sacrifice. Look at verse 20. It says, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Uh, here symbolism there, uh, his flesh that was broken body was broken on the cross for us, and when his body was shed and his blood was shed, what happened to the veil torn into to symbolize that 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 the separation between God and his holiness uh, was broken uh, was, was, was was broken down by what Christ did on the cross. look at the next verse because verse twenty one he is says, and having a high priest over the house of God. So as we talked about multiple weeks ago, Jesus is our high priest. Uh, he is uh, the ultimate high priest, the one that all those Old Testament high priests, they foreshadowed him. And so he is the mediator that goes between us and God in order to sacrifice for our sins. And therefore we can go to him, through him, and have direct access to god almighty verse 22 because of what christ has done having boldness to enter by a new and living way with the high priest being jesus christ himself verse 22 let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith so it is how are we saved by grace through faith It's by God's grace. We don't earn it. It is by simply believing what he has said to us is true, that he will accept Jesus's sacrifice in our place as payment for our sins. So with that being done, we can draw near because of what he's done. Amen? Look at the next part. It says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now, you say, Pastor, what's he talking about there? Uh, remember I just said just a few minutes ago when the when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year he would take some blood from the sacrifice and he was to sprinkle that on the mercy seat. Without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. So that spotless animal that was sacrificed was the atonement, a foreshadowing of the atonement of Christ for our sins. So here... We can draw near because our hearts, symbolically, have been sprinkled from an evil conscience by the blood of Christ. It's because of the blood of Christ that cleanses all of our sins, that cleanses our conscience. Amen? And because here's the deal. We all know we're guilty. We know we're guilty. We know we deserve to be separated from God. We deserve to be not to be in his presence, but we deserve to be cast out. But that's not what gives us our confidence. It's the blood of Christ that covers our sin. Sprinkled, if you will, on our consciences. Look what it says next. And our bodies washed with pure water. So, is this talking about a literal physical washing? Well, listen, I understand how this can get really confusing, but it's symbolically here to talk about that, listen, all of our sins have simply been washed away. God has chosen to, to, to not to see our sin any longer. Just as we sang a few minutes ago, we are dressed in Christ's righteousness. So even though I'm a sinner, I'm covered with the righteousness of Christ, and that's how God sees me, and therefore he can accept me. Amen? So we can draw near, we can come to him, we can have a relationship with him, and we can have confidence in that, not in ourselves, amen, but because of what? Because of what Jesus did for us. Because he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, amen? We can have that assurance. Now, friends, um, God doesn't want us to have to hope for it. You know, I believe some people live their life thinking, well, I hope I'm saved. I, I think I am. Well, are you trusting in Christ? You're trusting in Christ, then that's a promise of God. That's a promise of God. And you can count on that, amen? You can bank on that because it is according to God. Whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved, amen? Let me say, Pastor, what does it matter if I doubt my salvation? What does it matter if I, uh, if I live with uncertainty? And here's what I've heard before. After all, pastor, um, doesn't being unsure of our salvation force us to live on the straight and narrow? I suppose it may. That's not the God we, 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 that's not the God we serve. It's not the God. He is, a, he is a gracious God. He's an awesome God. If you picture that of of the the uh, the prodigal son, listen. uh, When the prodigal son comes comes running back, what does the father do? Well, now first you have to run three laps, and uh, you need to get four beatings. No, what does he do? Has his arms out? Why he runs to meet him, and he grasps him, and he pulls him up in his arms, and he and he and, and they have a celebration. That's the God we serve, Amen. That's the God who is greater than all others. Amen. Having confidence in him um, allows us to live our life freely for him. Um, It's the difference between living in limbo um, and living in freedom. Laura and I used to have a friend, or still have a friend. Sorry, don't, don't tell her I said that, all right? She's still our friend. Um, Laura, um, knew her before I did, obviously, but, um, she, her dad, um, used to work for one of the airlines and because of that, um, she got a great privilege. She got to fly anywhere all over the country that she wanted to for free. Yeah. Great. Right. With one catch. The catch was, first of all, she had to dress up. That would have taken some of us out. Right. Right. Um, second of all, she had to fly standby. So what that meant is, yes, she had to dress up. She looked for a flight, whatever. I don't know if she had to tell them ahead of time, but she had to go and literally just wait at the airport. And if there was an empty seat on a flight, she could have that seat and she could go wherever she wanted to go. Now, many times I know it was very a blessing for her and so forth. Um, but she also tells of uh, multiple times when she spent the night in an airport, in limbo, waiting, and waiting, and waiting. She, you know, what she said. The worst thing was, she said, uh, the worst thing was, uh, waiting uh, and thinking that she was going to get on a flight, and then somebody with a confirmed ticket running up at the last minute and taking that last seat, um, and her having to wait and to wait and to wait. Um, there's a big difference, right, between waiting in limbo and having a confirmed seat. Uh, in fact, one time she—I got to tell you this other one. She said, actually, one time um, she was flying from San Francisco, where they lived at the time, um, somewhere across the country, and she got on the first flight to San Jose, and then they actually kicked her off of that flight because it was full. Couldn't get another flight, so she had to get somebody to take her back to San Francisco to wait for another flight. Yeah, a lot of privileges, but man, she was in limbo. And so, the reason I tell you that story is um, I believe that's the difference, um, really, between having confidence. Listen, we have a ticket that's been purchased for us. Amen? And, um, And Jesus has purchased that ticket. It is through his blood. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by him. However, many Christians live in limbo. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Did I do the right things? Did I not do the right things? Why do I keep doing this if I, whatever? Listen, none of us are perfect. I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a few minutes, okay? Um, but the fact is that it's not based on us being perfect. It's based on his righteousness given to us. So when we get when you get saved today, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, here's what it means to be a believer. It means that, that, that I understand, and not just understand intellectually, but I I, I, I place my faith in the truth of the gospel. And here's what that is: that we all are sinners, and that we need a savior. That God in heaven provided a savior for us, and his name is Jesus Christ. The second person of the Trinity. God Himself stepped out of heaven and came to earth. He lived a sinless life. Yet, because even though he didn't deserve it, he willingly gave of himself to die on the cross. Gave his body and shed his blood as payment for our sins, and God the Father gave his Son as a, as payment for our sins because He is a just God, and he, and and so He says that if you if we will simply accept and 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 allow Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins, which He's already provided for us. Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave, right? And and, and then if he'll allow, if we'll just simply say yes, then he will come into our lives and we can can draw near to him. We can have a relationship with him. We can have confidence in him. We can have assurance. Not only do we have a relationship with him, that we're going to have a relationship with him forever And and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? That's the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. So friends, listen, don't ever let the devil, listen, if you've put your faith and trust in Christ, one of the applications this morning, this is for it. And and for me, I will just tell you, there were many years when I was a teenager and even past then when I was, I I went through the same thing. Man, I saved, did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Listen, it's not about, listen, do we have to invite Christ into our life? Yes, absolutely. We have to we have to say, yes, Jesus, come in. I want to invite you into my life. We have to allow him to come in. I believe you died for me and rose again and so forth. But it's not a matter of saying the exact right words, friends. It's a surrender of our heart to the truths of the gospel and to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, the scripture says we are kept by his power and, and, and our, our eternal ticket is reserved in heaven for us. Amen. That's the good news. That's the confidence we can have in Him. And so, if you're here this morning, you don't have that assurance, would you trust? If you haven't accepted Christ, friends, I would invite you to do that today. If you have, believe Him, trust Him. It is God's truth. And now, live in that truth. Amen? That's not all. Number one, because of the cross, friends, we can have confidence in our relationship with God. Second of all, because of the cross, friends, And because of what he's done, we can persevere through anything that comes our way. We can persevere through anything that God throws at us. So back in our text this morning, uh, therefore, having boldness, because we can enter the holiest because of the blood of Jesus, he is our high priest, all of that we can draw near. Second, verse 23, we can hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Now, here's the deal. Um, Biblical hope When the Bible talks about hope, as in right here, it's not talking about, well, I hope that I'm saved. No, it is our hope. It is what we put our trust in. It is a sure thing. That's kind of hard for us to get our minds around because we think of the word hope as a, eh, maybe. No, and when it talks about it, as in here, the confession of our hope, my hope is in Jesus Christ. doesn't mean I'm hoping that he is real. I know he's real, friends, and my eternity, my future is in Jesus Christ. That's what it means. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Friends, um, how do we do that? How do we hold fast the confession of our hope tightly, firmly, uh, hold it unswervingly, not wishy-washy? But friends, because the reality is this whole world can throw some pretty mean stuff at us. Amen? It can, it, it can throw stuff from all sides. And maybe you're in one of those spots right now, friends. And, and it can be pretty tempting to to get, to get frustrated. Amen? pretty frustrated, attempting sometimes to give up, to lose heart. How do we press on? First of all, look at what it says. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Friends, God is faithful. He will carry us through whatever it is we're going through. Friends, even when you don't understand it, Even when what is going on doesn't make sense, friends, we can press on, we can persevere through whatever, friends, because God is faithful. He knows what he's doing. Even when we can't see it and we don't understand it and and we're trying to make sense of it, friends, we trust that God has our best interests in mind, friends. We can persevere because he who promised is faithful. Again, dependent upon me, not dependent upon me, dependent upon him. Not only that, friends, we can also press on, friends, By looking unto Jesus and what he has done for us. Here's what I mean by that. If Jesus suffered and he didn't have to, he didn't deserve it, and he gave his life for us, then we can suffer a little for him too. Amen? Here's the deal Um, I don't know about you, but I know that I'm a sinner deserves hell I've disobeyed God I've broken his commandments I've defied his orders and I've often done what I want to do instead of what he wants me to do friends but despite all of that God loves me he loved me enough to save me and to redeem me he sent Christ to die for me on the cross he not only said he'd forgive me friends but that he would change me and transform me and, and make me his child, friends. And that's not all. He also said that he would give me an inheritance that is greater than anything that I could ever imagine here on earth. And I don't deserve any of it. You know what I've determined, friends? I'm living on borrowed time. The biggest thing wrong with America today in my opinion is that we think we deserve something good and if we don't get it we get mad and we get angry and we get upset and we get frustrated you ever think about what a midlife crisis is you know what a midlife crisis is you haven't hit it yet you will It'll come. I promise you. Here's what a midlife crisis is. We start out our lives with our hopes and our dreams. Amen. And usually they're sky high. And we pursue those hopes and those dreams. Yeah. Sometimes those plans get rerouted and all this other stuff, but where we hope to be sometime when we reach 40 to 50 ish, somewhere in there, we kind of get to a place where we realize, man, I'm nowhere near these hopes and dreams and I've either got to make some changes or they're not going to happen, right? And that's why sometimes people make changes in their life and so forth. But the reality is, friends, we get to that point and there's frustration and there's disappointment and and my, my goodness, what have I done with my life or my life hasn't turned out like I thought it would? Because we think we deserve more than we actually do here's what I deserve. Disobeyed God, rebelled against him, and I, uh, I deserve hell, deserve eternal separation from him. But I'm living on borrowed time because I did, it's not what he's going to give me. He loved me enough to save me and redeem me and make me his own, friends. And so now I can live. Listen, everything I live on now is um, I can persevere through whatever, friends, because I'm living on borrowed time. I'm living, um, I'm like a murderer who's been pardoned by the president. I've been set free. And I'm living a borrowed time and now I can live my life for Christ. Yes, I still mess up. Yes, I, 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 I still do things that I shouldn't do, friends. But listen, I can persevere through it all, friends, because this old life is nothing compared to an eternity in hell. And here's the thing. I have to remind myself of that very often. Do you? I think we all do. Amen? We all get our attitudes out of whack sometimes. Let's remind ourselves of what God has done for us. Amen? Friends, we can, because of what he's done for us, we can persevere through anything. We can have confidence, assurance in our relationship with Christ. And the third thing I want to share with you out of your scripture this morning, friends, is this. Because of The cross, because of what Christ has done for us, friends, we can encourage each other to live for Him. You know, it's because of the cross that we're even here this morning. It's because of the cross. You ever think about this? If it wasn't for Jesus and what He did on the cross, um, we would know each other, probably. I would know my wife if it wasn't for. What Christ did. You say, oh, pastor, you'd have probably met. Um, Maybe you don't know our story. (laughs) Um, I was chaperoning a youth mission trip to Indianapolis when we met. Um, And so that's that's beside what I wanted to say this morning. But here's the cool thing is that we know each other because of Christ. We have that commonality. Amen. Um, Therefore, look at verse 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Who is it we consider most of the time? What does the scripture say? Let us consider one another. For what purpose? Well, there are multiple purposes here. In order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. Uh, Listen, um, I I could go off on a diatribe here. I'm not going to do it. Um, Let me just say this. Um, You know what? God wants us to join together in fellowship here um, as often as we can. Okay? Um, I know we each have to work and we have lives and all that kind of stuff, but um, a Sunday morning is a time to get refreshed, friends, but it's not just for you. I hope you will get something from the Word when you come every Sunday morning. But uh, what I want you to think about is not just how you can get something, but what you can give. Um, How can you be a blessing to somebody else? Um, How can you encourage somebody else? How can you um, brighten somebody else's day? Um, That's what we're here for. Amen? Um, Yes, to learn from the Lord. Yes, to grow. um, Yes, to be challenged in our walk, friends. But we're here to encourage one another and build each other up. Amen? Um, Look at what it says um, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together As a manner of some But exhorting one another And so much the more As you see the day approaching Why friends? Because you know what? It's going to get harder and harder and harder Each and every year um, The more and more this world goes on Here's what we need to remember friends We're all in this together Amen We are God's family um, And he wants us to act like a family not a dysfunctional family, but like a family. He wants us to be together like a family. He wants us to help each other like a family, friends. He wants us to be there for each other like a family. You know how family is, right? Listen, they may fight among each other, but don't you mess with my brother. We need to be there for each other, friends, and we need to reach out and bring others into his family. Now, some of you I know may be saying, but pastor, I've been hurt by Christians. All been there, done that, right? Right? I got the sticker, okay? Um, We've all been hurt. You say, Pastor, I'm a little gun shy. I, I don't know that I can do that. Pastor, it's hard for me to speak to other people. It's hard for me to get outside of my shell. It's hard for me to open up and make myself vulnerable. Friends, listen, I understand that. There is a grave disappointment when other believers let us down. And Christians shouldn't do that. But here's what we need to remember none of us are perfect. Can I get a witness? We're not perfect. We're all sinners, friends. We all are saved by God's grace. And just as we need God's grace, we need each other's grace. You expect other Christians to be perfect, then guess what? You need to expect the same thing from yourself. Mm, that ain't happening. And when you're pointing a finger at somebody else, guess what? There's three pointing back at you. Amen? So, friends, just as we want others to show us grace, let's extend the same grace to them. Amen? Amen? We're all part of the same family. And here's what we need to remember. The same Jesus that died for you died for them. I want to give you three encouragements this morning. Number one, friends, let's worship and fellowship with one another as often as possible. Amen? Let's not understand. Sometimes you're prohibited by sickness, death, disease, whatever. But it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, friends. We all need each other, even when we don't think we do, friends. And more importantly, we need the Lord. And sometimes we need to prod each other into being where we need to be with the Lord. Amen? Second, friends, let's love one another. Here's what Jesus said in John 13, 14. He says, as I have loved you, you also loved one another. Now, we tend to think pretty highly of ourselves, but when we are... in in that brief moment when we're being real with ourselves um we weren't very lovable but God loved us anyway you say oh pastor I can love someone but not them they're not lovable well neither were you and Jesus loved you anyway just remember that love one another friends Jesus says in verse 15 of John 13 uh, 35 excuse me he says by this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another friends it's a choice but guess what I know you can do it. We can love each other and let that love be contagious. Amen. Listen, if there's one thing that this community um, needs, it's to to have a, a, to experience a contagious love. Let the love for each one of us be like that. Amen. You know what? None of us are exactly alike. We all have different preferences. We all have different likes and dislikes. I would imagine we probably all voted for different people. But listen, let it be when we cast our ballots for Jesus, let us all be together, amen? And let us join together in love with him. And finally, friends, let's build each other up and encourage each other to live for Christ. Listen, we all need it. I need it, and you need it. I love what, um, this, this, this doesn't apply exactly to this, but um, I love what one of my professors um, used to say. He said, would you pray for us? Because I need the prayer, and you need the practice. And... Um, you know, here's what we need. We all need to love each other, amen? Because I need the love and, and you need the practice, okay? And so uh, let's love each other. Uh, let's build each other up. Let's encourage one another. Iron sharpening iron, friends, as we encourage each other in our walk with Christ. Um, how many of you are familiar with a, um, a ministry called Young Life? Ever heard of Young Life? Okay, some of you have. Um, it's a student ministry. Um, really, uh, in lot, on lots of campuses, high school campuses, college campuses, all across the country. Um, I've never personally been involved in Young Life. Known a lot of people who have, um, but Young Life has a camp um, at the base of the Rocky Mountains in Buena Vista, Colorado. Um, it's a, a, a kind of a Wild West type camp, uh, known as Frontier Ranch. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody here ever been to that camp? No, I didn't think so. It's kind of far away. Um, Campers say that one of the coolest things about going to Young Life camp at Frontier Ranch is what they call High Country Day, where the entire camp, about 400 people, youth and leaders, hike together up a 13,000-foot peak known as Mount Chrysalite. Max Lucado uh, was a leader there one time. He tells this story about leading one of those hikes. He says, on one of those trips, as we were hiking somewhere around the 4,000 foot level, a student named Matthew decided to call it quits. I don't know why I find that funny. Max says this. He says, I coaxed him, begged him, and then negotiated a plan with him to keep going. 30 steps of walking, 60 seconds of resting. He said, so that's what we did. Matthew finally agreed to keep going. 30 steps of walking, 60 seconds of resting. 30 steps of walking, 60 seconds of resting. 30 steps of walking, 60 seconds of resting. He said, until finally we stood within a thousand feet of the peak. The only problem was that that last thousand feet went straight up. He said, as straight as a fireman's ladder. He says, we got serious. Two guys came up beside Matt, each taking an arm, and I pushed from the rear. And away we went. He says, We all but dragged Matt up that last jaunt past the timber line and to the awesome view at the top. And here's what I want you to hear about that. Okay. He said, and then he writes, he says, That's when we heard it. The applause. 400 campers on the crest of Mount Chrysolite gave Matt a standing ovation. He said, as I slumped down to rest, I couldn't help but this thought running through my mind. He said, isn't that a picture of what God tells us as believers to do? Do all you can to push each other to the top. And friends, let's be real. Sometimes we do the pushing and sometimes we need to be pushed. We need each other, amen? It is because of the cross that we're here together. It's because of the cross that we can have confidence in our relationship with God. Because of the cross, we can persevere through whatever life gives us, friends. And it's because of the cross that we can encourage each other and build each other up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, um, thank you for what you have done for us. Lord, we're not worthy. We don't deserve it. But you have gifted us with your love. Um, You have given us by us simply trusting, putting our faith in you, simply believing you, Lord. You have gifted us with salvation. You have gifted us with a relationship with you. You've gifted us, um, Lord, with so much more than we ever deserve. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray for those who are here this morning and have never put their faith and trust in you. Lord, would you just make yourself real to them right now? Lord, help them to know that you are who you say you are. Jesus, that you did what you said you did and that you did it for them. Friend, if you're here this morning and you've come to realize that you're a sinner and you need a Savior, would you right now simply invite Jesus into your life? Say something like, Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned against you, but I believe you came and died for me and rose again. I want to invite you to come into my life and make me your child, friends. When you invite him in, Bible, God's promises are clear. You are a child of His, friends. Maybe you're here today and you've never had the assurance of your salvation. Would you believe God fully today? Maybe you've already received him. You put your faith in him, but you've allowed the devil, oh, am I saved? I've done the right thing. Listen, it's in God's what he's done, not anything that you can do. Rest in that, friends. Find comfort in that and live out of that.